This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. We talked about how rates of smoking and especially vaping among young people has gone up uh, quite dramatically. Some calls to increase the smoking and vaping age to age 21, currently 19 in British Columbia. Also, did you know that this week is smoke-free housing week? Have you ever lived in an apartment or a condo? Maybe you're a non-smoker, but your next-door neighbor smokes and cause problems in the, in the building as a whole, even if you don't smoke in your own unit, if you're getting secondhand smoke from next door. Let's talk about all these issues now with my guest, Jack Boomer, Director of the Clean Air Coalition of BC. I'm very pleased to welcome him back. Hiya, Jack. Hi, Mike. How are you doing? I'm great. Thanks a lot for coming on. Let's start with that age limit, first of all. What do you think of this idea to go into age 21 for uh, to buy uh, cigarettes and vaping products? You know, uh, we would be absolutely delighted if the provincial government took the leadership role to, to move the legal age to 21. In fact, it's actually sweeping across the United States. Uh, Connecticut just became the 16th state in America to move the age to 21. Uh, to purchase cigarettes because the problem is that most kids, most youth start smoking, adults start smoking before the age of 18 and uh, upwards of 85 to 90%. So if we can delay the actual likelihood that they might be able to start smoking, then there's a good likelihood that they, people won't even start in the first place. I wonder if it would make much of a difference if you take a look at the recent trend lines, especially this uh, study that came out of the UK about uh, the number of young people who are smoking and especially vaping um, up 74%. This is incredible. Uh, yep, absolutely. So. When, when you look at the stats, it's, it's staggering uh, in terms of the percentage increase like that. Um, so what we've seen over the last year is that rates were about 5% amongst uh, uh, those 17 and 18, and it moved to almost 10%, so almost doubling in just one year. And part of that is the explosion of that there's no real rules against promotion of e-cigarettes and vaping products, uh, that while the government has moved to, say, you have to be 19 to purchase the products, there's ways around it through the Internet, uh, through friends, and that just provides more ammunition to say why we should be raising the legal age to actually be able to purchase the products to 21 yeah, but if, if rates are going up so high among kids who are 16, 17, 18 right now, would it make any difference if you go to an age 21? They're going to smoke anyway. Well, you know, the, the, sometimes there's some, not you, nothing you can do about sort of the ones that might be doing something now. And what we want to do is we want to encourage and put uh, the regulations in place now that uh, you know, this is kind of uncharted territory. It has been, and yeah. I think the provincial government, as well as the federal government, has been a bit slow to the table, even though groups like the Heart and Stroke Foundation, the Canadian Cancer Society, and the Lung Associations across Canada and in BC here, we've been encouraging the provincial and federal governments to take strident and stronger action. Um, the the yeah. challenge with e-cigarettes is that there are many people that are smokers who have used them in their journey to quit smoking. Right. And so that's the public health conundrum. And we've had this discussion before, Mike, where if you're an adult and you're trying to quit smoking and you've tried the patch, you've tried the gum and it hasn't worked for you, you try 
vaping, and that might be the thing that uh, assists you to quit. And I bet there's a lot of call people listening that have said, you know what, I switched to e-cigarettes, and it's helped me, um, I feel better. I was talking to a gentleman yesterday who had switched, and that's exactly how he's feeling. The problem is the e-juice is not regulated. There is no regulations about how much nicotine is in the e-juice, what are the chemicals in the e-juice. So it's a bit of a wild west in terms of what can be in the product. And so we are calling on the provincial and federal governments to have stronger regulations around the product, as well as uh, it would be great uh, to look at uh, increasing the age of when people can purchase the product. Okay, speaking of Jack Boomer from the Clean Air Coalition of BC, talk to me about clean uh smoke-free housing week well uh, mike this is an issue that uh we've been working on since 2004 so 15 years and this is something when we first started working on it uh was when we were getting the proliferation of smoke-free bylaws in bars pubs restaurants and so now people go to their workplace and I would say 99% of workplaces are 100% smoke-free. There might be a workplace or two that isn't. But basically, it's a law to have a smoke-free workplace indoors. What's happened is people go home, and they know that secondhand smoke is harmful, and people live in, about 50% of British Columbians live in congregate housing, whether it's multi-unit dwellings, uh, apartments, condos, townhouses. They This time of year, they open their windows because it's nice out, and their neighbor might be smoking. And the smoke comes into their unit and they go, oh, my God, what can we do about it? Right. And so what we have been doing over the last 15 years is educating landlords and strata corporations that it is legal to create smoke free bylaws and smoke free rules and to encourage people to speak out and say we want smoke free um, we want to live in a smoke-free building. And so we have a whole bunch of resources on our website at smokefreehousingbc.ca as well as at the cleanaircoalitionbc.com where we have created tons of resources. Um, We have tons of stories that we've put on about people who are so severely affected by secondhand smoke in multi-unit dwellings and and what they're trying to do about it. In fact, one person, you people may be familiar, Naomi, she created a whole petition around yeah. uh, encouraging the government to go smoke-free. Right, right. Yes, I've spoken to her in the past. Do you think smoking should be banned in condos and apartments? Uh, yes. I think that uh, what we should be doing is we should be moving towards making them 100% smoke-free. In fact, believe it or not, in Thailand, I believe it was recently that they have just uh, created and saying that there can be no longer smoking in uh, uh, in uh, Thailand as of uh, August 20th. Uh, so in, in, in condos and apartments? Yeah, in uh, okay. a law prohibiting smoking at home will come into effect on August 20th in Thailand. Wow, wow. Yeah. Okay, uh, do you know what percentage of apartment buildings and condominium buildings right now are smoke-free? Do we-, we have no idea. We know that uh, we, since uh, about a year ago with the uh, pending legislation around cannabis, we were getting tons of requests from condo buildings in particular, requesting what can we do to prevent smoking of cannabis in the building. And Mm -hmm. so um, that helped spur a number of buildings to go 100% smoke-free of any substance in their building. But we have no stats. It's Star 9898 on your cell. Stephen Burnaby, hi. Hey, guys. I'm, I'm Myself, I'm actually quite disappointed and almost disgusted with Health Canada for 
for actually even allowing vaping. I mean, we were getting rid of smoking, and, you know, the smoking is bad enough. The nicotine addiction is probably the worst. And, you know, these vaping and e-cigarettes look cool. And, I mean, we're addicting a whole new generation on on to, to nicotine. And cigarettes are still available. And, and now we're going to get a bunch of people addicted to, to cannabis and THC. And it's all for the taxes. I mean, you know, we've created a new industry with all these e-cigarettes. And, and it's really, really sad. So I think they should, okay. quite frankly, I think they should ban it altogether. But that will never happen because there's too much money, tax money. And okay. as far as condos are concerned, you yeah. know, I guess, I personally, I believe that, you know, as long as this stuff is legal, it shouldn't be banned because it's sold. So if you want to live in a strata where smoking is allowed, you can. If it's not allowed, it's kind of like dogs and pets. You know, it's not much different. I understand it evades your privacy because the smell could come in your window, but a dog barking all night is a pain in the rear, too. Okay, okay, so Steve. That's pretty hard. If you paid, you know, half a million dollars, yeah. I want to be able to sit on my patio and have a cigarette, even though I don't smoke. It's just, it's the principle. Okay, Steve, thanks. Thank you for the call. Um, Jack, let me ask you about the first point he raised about vaping. I mean, I think vaping as a smoking cessation option is a pretty awesome thing. Like if someone is, like you said, if they're hooked on tobacco, if you can get off tobacco and get onto an e-cigarette instead, I mean, that's obviously better for you. But, you know, the, the trend lines we're seeing with vaping becoming so popular with young people, that's very troubling, especially if they're, you know, they're, they're, they're smoking, uh, they're vaping e-juice that has got nicotine in it absolutely and you know mike and and again this is the the thing is i've been talking to a lot of youth lately and uh the and parents and one of the parents that i spoke to recently said that their uh kid their child is in about grade seven eight so a you know a teenager and he has the e-juice vial and he's he's smoking about one of the vials um a lot. Anyway, it's the, the he's basically getting so much nicotine in, into his system um, because basically you can get juices in various levels of power. And I, I couldn't believe it when she told me this. She said that he has a vial that has upwards of 60 to 80 milligrams of nicotine in it. And that basically, if you think of a cigarette, each cigarette has about one milligram of nicotine in it. Whoa. So... <laughs> Um, depending on the power of the uh, of the vaping tool that uh, the person is using, it can they can get a tremendous amount of nicotine. And what's even more troubling is that there's now um, Juul has created something that has that uses nicotine salt. And the way the nicotine salt works is it absorbs the nicotine into the body more easily and quickly than oh. than when vaping regular nicotine. And so Juul, which is the product that has uh, been uh, exploded on the market, yeah. uh, and it looks like a USB stick, uh, that they have perfected the use of nicotine salts in their product. Oh, so as a result of that, the nicotine uh, gets absorbed much more quickly. It's smoother, and so uh, it hooks uh, these young people and others quickly. And so as a result of that, it is extremely troubling that uh, as um, your previous caller just mentioned, that, that um, Health Canada and the provincial governments across Canada are you know, taking their time uh, rather than um, 
taking some precautionary measures. And, yeah. you know, Mike, you're absolutely right. For an adult, it's, it's a no-brainer. If this will help people to quit, I think everyone would say, absolutely. But when you have flavors like pina colada, chocolate cherry, um, birthday cake, you can tell those aren't necessarily appealing to the people that are trying to quit smoking. No. Those are appealing to young people. The kids, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 604-280-9898. Hiya, Mitch. Hi, how's it going? Good. What do you think? So I moved into a condo building uh, about a year and a half ago, um, which was already 100% smoke-free. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the people below me um, were renting the unit, and uh, they smoked inside of their place, which is totally fine, except that they leave all their windows open. And even um, the way uh, condo buildings work, you share utilities between floors, and uh, the smoke was coming up into my unit, even with all of their windows closed. and. There was nothing I could do about it. It was already 100% smoke-free on common property. You know, anywhere that the strata actually owns or maintains, they weren't allowed to smoke, but they were allowed to smoke inside of their unit, and I still yeah. get the smoke smell. Yeah, the smoke can go through, uh, like, electrical outlets. I mean, the smoke can find its way into the unit. Like, if the, if the building is 100% smoke-free, though, how come they're allowed to smoke in their unit? I don't get that. So um, if I can just interject, yeah, there ahead, is Jack. actually something that people can do. And yeah. um, in the Strata Property Act, um, there is something called nuisance. So in rental legislation, it's called quiet enjoyment, and the Strata Property Act is called nuisance. And if somebody is doing something that's infringing on, which basically is a nuisance, uh, then what you can do is you can go to the uh, uh, Strata Council and say that somebody is smoking, it's in violation of the bylaw, and that this is when it occurred, and that it's causing a nuisance. And then I believe it's incumbent upon the Strata Council to take steps to uh, remediate or to ensure that there is no longer the nuisance, and they can okay. levy fines and do other things like that. So Okay, let's squeeze in one more call. Jeff in Nanaimo, hi. Oh, hi there, Rick. How you doing? Good. What do you think? Um, I, I, this is a few years back. I was a renter in an apartment building and, uh, they, I guess they allowed smoking and it was, it was awful. I mean, I would go to work and my clothes would stink. It was probably pretty bad for my health. I assume, um, there was no way I could really get around it. I, I didn't try to seal everything, but I, I assume that that wouldn't really do the trick. But at the same time too, if it were homeowners, I don't understand why they would smoke in their own house. I mean, it gets into the paint, it gets into the drywall, it gets into everything. Discolors your house, it ruins your furniture. I mean, it's really ruining your property value by doing that. So just just go outside. It can't okay. be that far to walk a few steps to get outside. Okay, Jeff, thank you for the call. We just got one minute left here. Jack, are there any provinces or states that have banned indoor smoking in apartment or condo units? Um I wouldn't say that uh, what, what there's a movement towards uh, creating stronger and stronger bylaws, and I believe something has been done in New York, and that in uh, there's a couple of jurisdictions in California where they have actually done some, the banning of uh, smoking in indoor public or indoor apartments and condos. And so there are a few places, and so we are calling on the provincial government to take some steps to protect people from secondhand smoke. Where can people get more information about your organization? We have lots of information at the cleanaircoalitionbc.com and smokefreehousingbc.ca. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, Mike. All right, that is Jack Boomer. He is from the Clean Air Coalition of BC.